These are great chairs. Oh my. Nerd. Oh, you just got called out. That's pretty absurd. It is going to be a thing. Come on. Bad Philosophy, Weekly Why Number 4, recorded on February 13th, 2009. Reflections on the premiere of Dollhouse. Hello, everyone. Welcome in. One, two, Bad Philosophy, coming at you for another Weekly Why. This time it's not Raiderville, though. And this time we're talking about the Dollhouse premiere. Uh, Kevin and I just got done watching the premiere of Joss Whedon's new show on Fox, and uh, we're going to do a little bit of uh, a little bit of post-game analysis here, I guess you would say. Well, first of all, I, I like the fact that the uh, commercial breaks were much shorter. Uh, they were more frequent, though. There were more commercial breaks, but they were sort of... I don't know that there were more than you would find in a typical show. Uh, it felt it felt like there were more breaks. Um, they, they were shorter, though. Each break from, was shorter. Yeah, from what I know of... And from what I know of Fox's remote free TV, which uh, Dollhouse is a part of, mm-hmm. it along with uh, the new show Fringe, the idea is that the shows themselves are longer. Yeah. The actual physical time you spend watching TV has increased from 42 minutes to closer to 47, 48 minutes. <clears throat> which is what, you know, hour-long shows used to be a long time ago. Yeah. So, um, I mean, there actually is there actually is more TV. There's like, more TV there, to watch. There are fewer commercials in there. Okay. There are fewer commercials. There may be slightly more commercial breaks. I don't think there are. Mm. Um, I felt like we were 15 minutes into the show before the first commercial break ha- happened. Yeah, it did. Well, I, I liked it. One way or another, I liked it. It's a new thing. I hope they, they keep it up. Um, the show itself, first impressions. It was Joss Whedon. But it wasn't necessarily... The Joss Whedon we've seen with Buffy, or Firefly, or even Doctor Horrible. Yeah. Um, I think this is possibly Joss's oldest show yet, if that makes sense. Uh, like most mature. Yes. Or? Yeah. And more. I mean, because Buffy was high school, Angel was. I hate to say college, but it was it was post, post high, high school. school. Yeah. It was. I mean, yeah, Firefly okay. was definitely the <clears throat> wild years. The late 20s. Yeah. Um, this show feels very grown up. Yeah. Um, however, it also feels less jossy because of Very. I, I have to say, there were very few just like fun Joss Whedon moments. There, were, there weren't any Jossisms. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, for better or worse, I mean, it, it really, from the very first scene, I mean, them opening up with, with her right before she becomes... Spoiler alert. Yeah. Watch the show. Yeah, watch the show. Right before she becomes an active. It was it was a weird way to, to pace it. You know, I was expecting, you know, jumping right into an action sequence. Well, that's what we got. with The show had two cold opens, almost. Yeah, because yeah, you, you had that, that brief, you know, two-minute scene, and then you had to jump into the action. Right. Which was really a second cold open. You could have started the show easily with that and never looked back. So it was options for them, I guess. Yeah, it, um, was, it, was, a, it was an interesting choice, though, in that I think it, it lets you know in, in a minute and a half... The history of this character is way more than a, a lab-grown clone. Yeah, exactly. Which there, is something there, there that is I, I view as a possibility. Yeah, it is a person with a past. And um, I, I don't know. Overall, it had a very um, almost Star Trek feel to it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't view it as a tech-heavy show. Really, mm. um, there was very little techno babble. Well, very little techno babble, but certainly the, the premise the, is very technologically based. The idea is technologically based, but they're not focusing on the tech of it no. at all. The tech doesn't matter. 
It could be a magic wand. It could be a boomstick. Yeah. The, the chair is the magic wand. In this yeah, case. it is. And I actually, you know, looking at more of the details of it, I like how they've sort of fleshed out the structure of how it works. Um, you know, implanting this sort of this seed, you know, this this off switch that everybody thinks they need a treatment mm-hmm. at a certain point, and then that's what sort of I like that. Like I dug that because because yeah. immediately. You know, she she got into the car um, after her after her first implant. I don't. I don't think it was their first. The first. Well, one no, not her seen. first. Her yeah. the first in the show. Right. No, it was certainly not her first implant by but any engagement. Means. First engagement. engagement. That's what yeah. they call. I knew there was a name they called it. Yeah. The first engagement we see her in. You know, it ends, and the client obviously knew that it had ended, but uh, um, and she she showed no knowledge of it. Yet she immediately you know turned around and walked out. She got in the car. She said, "It's time for my treatment," and it just shows the 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 forethought that kind of went into it, yeah. and the fact that you know there is this perfectly natural thing. You know, I mean, even even in mid crisis mode, I have to go get my treatment done. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we need to get this treatment taken care of as fast as we can because I have to go out in there and do stuff. Because she was, it is, it was one of the few false parts of the personality. There, there is a safeguard, obviously. Yes. But, you know, we, we, we're given the idea, we're, we're basically told that these personalities are an amalgamation of actual people. Or just an actual person. Or just an actual, yeah. which was not just the case with, with any of those. Right. I think, I think doing just an, an actual person is rare in the dollhouse world. Possibly. Uh, just because of the, the inherent risks. And, and in there's that. still a lot of very unanswered questions in the plot, of course. You know, where do they, where do they get the... Uh, the personalities. Certainly. They, they sort of, they've hinted that it's sort of people who passed away, so they might, you know, get bodies of significant figures afterwards. Yeah. Do a brain scan do, or do something. Do a neural but, uh, thing. Here's the deal. I was a little bit underwhelmed. I mean, I, I guess I kind of was built up with the hype for it uh, a little, but I was expecting something on the order of Firefly, and this really didn't feel quite on the order of Firefly. I don't know that I would say that, but I... I have actually kept my, my expectations in check for this show for a long time because the premise was never rock solid to me. Yeah. I knew the idea. I, I, had, I had read it explained about 20,000 different ways, but it was one of those ideas that didn't, that didn't sell me. Yeah. Um, because I was – my first thought was always well, – one I think uh, Mueller had as well. Mueller's sitting in the, in the living room with us as well. Yeah. You, you can say something if you want, Mueller. <laughs> Hello, everyone. He doesn't have a Twitter handle. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have unlimited text messages. Damn it! <laughs> but um, <sighs> something Mueller Mueller being our our dollhouse virgin, having no idea really what was going on previous to watching the show, uh, mentioned that you know he's, he's like, so is it just you know people like have these crazy relationship fantasies filled out all the time? And that was and that was a question that I had in the back yeah, of my mind the entire that's real, time. That's kind of how they they pitched it. What, all the the trailers I saw were were her, you know, doing this being the perfect woman for a guy thing. See, I know I never even saw it as being pitched that way. I just had trouble thinking of anything else to do with it. Yeah. Um, but the pilot did a very good job of showing me that in two cases. In in the main storyline where Echo was the negotiator, like that was a good one. Yeah. But I don't I don't know if you noticed it. I certainly noticed it the moment um, the woman knocked down the door. Yeah. That that was immediately, that was the act of Echo walked in on. That was uh, the one that she Sierra. flashed back to. Sierra. Sierra, yeah. yeah. I, knew that, I knew that immediately. Like, I'm like, that is, that is her. I recognized her. Oh, sure, sure. Um, and that was, and it just, immediately that is, you know, she's been built for this role. She's been programmed for this role in the situation. Maybe. And they weren't, 
Well, no, not entirely. Yeah. But as much as Echo is programmed for any role. Yeah. I don't think any of them are specifically like, okay, this is the dating model. This no, is no, the that's, model. Not, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But in this case, and that, and those were two, again, very different purposes for which an active was used. Yeah. That were not, you know, fantasy, quote unquote, situations. I kind of agree that this is. There are a lot of directions they can go with this, and certainly, you know, making these little these engagements into episodes into. You know, little little subplots is a good way to keep the show going without having to make it completely main plot driven. They they can stand to sort of stretch it out over a season mm-hmm. without it's, really. Having it is to. the and I, and this is something that was planned in originally. I mean, the idea we talked about this briefly. The the idea of the show started with you know Joss and Eliza having lunch together. Yeah. You know, the premise is that she could be a different person every single week, and that's a useful idea. Sure, and she was for a three show. people in one episode. I mean, yeah, one, yeah. Yeah, her main character and then the two yeah. personalities. So, so easily, easily three people in an episode. And I, I don't think you'll have it. You'll have that many. I think this was because it was a pilot. It was meant to show multiple things. It'll yeah. probably be you know a single active or a single engagement. Yeah. At a time, okay. I'm still learning the lingo. It's only been one episode. All right. Maybe the last episode. Who knows? They've certainly made more than one. <laughs> yeah. So you know DVD sales, if ever. Yeah. But it's it's one of those that I think I think it will benefit the show, and it's something that gives it a monster of the week capability yeah. without a monster of the week flavor necessarily. Right. I'm here's the deal. I am really into Buffy right now, and yes. mainly for the humor part of it. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's one of those shows that can be serious, but it always has the option of not being serious, of, of being you know very. Having many comedic moments. You should watch season seven. <laughs> I'm getting there, little by little. But Dollhouse didn't really seem like it has that many options for comedy. It seems very a very serious show. I mean, I, don't know, I, laugh, I laughed out, out loud a few times. I don't know if you noticed it, but I, 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 I don't remember even what it was. But there were a few things that made me laugh, and not mm-hmm. just chuckle quietly to myself, not just say, "Hey, that was kind of funny or amusing." But there were I remember distinctly laughing more than once because. I said, hey, I'm laughing at this. The, the, the brief moment where he's got the guy in the bathroom thing, yeah. I mean, that that was that was kind of That funny, one was you know? one. Dollhouse, 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 Dollhouse. That, that one was a good one. Yeah. Um, but there, was a, there was another one I can't remember now because I'm watching the internet TV off. Yeah. Um, uh, but it, it just, it wasn't one of those, you didn't have the Buffy, Xander, Willow moments where, you know, they're just kind of walking around making jokes, talking about things. There, there wasn't really... There, there weren't really chances to do that sort of thing. There weren't the crazy quips, you know, in the middle of the fight scene. It was just, it was. But that's serious. I don't think that's the show. No, it's and, and and I don't think it's these characters in this situation. In this situation, you wouldn't have these. These everybody in this show is a professional. Hmm. And I don't know if which is if which is the, which is something that's the opposite of all of Josh's other shows. I would you could easily pinpoint. Any of the characters in Josh's other shows and say these are amateurs, yeah. primary characters. Yeah, this is an amateur. They are they are doing this. They are afraid. They are they are worried. They are they are amateurs. They they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And one way that a lot of people cover with that is humor, and and Josh used that to his advantage mm-hmm. and made lots of scary situations humorous. However, do you think this will expand his fan base? Like, do you think this is it's in closely tied enough to his previous shows that people who are Joss Whedon fans will go for it, but it will also draw in some new viewers. I think so. I think I the thing is I don't think Joss Whedon 
make stuff to expand his fan base. Mm. You, but this certainly isn't appealing directly to the existing fan base. No, well, but that's, that's, that's what I'm saying, is, is Joss Whedon will get an idea for a show and make that show. Not to please anybody, only to please himself. Who, who or, is Dr. Horrible to please? Yeah, himself. It's him <laughs> and his brother and his other brother and one of their wives sitting around bored during the writer's strike, and I said, we want to make something, and we yeah. did. And I think, and most good writers out there, that's what they do. Because they don't write for an audience, they write for themselves. Uh, J.K. Rowling said she did the same thing with the Harry Potter books. Yeah. And it's a situation where those are the, those are what you want in an, in an author. You don't want somebody who's writing to please somebody. You want somebody who's writing to tell a story and to tell the story they want to tell. And so because of that, we, I, don't, I don't feel like we can get mad. Maybe I'm being fanboyish, I, which, who knows. <laughs> but saying, you know, we can't get mad at Joss for doing what he wants to do. Yeah. You don't have to like it. Not everyone will. Well, I, I liked it enough that I'll, I'll watch it next week for sure. Yeah. And I would, I would like to keep watching it. I enjoyed it a lot. And it's one of those shows that I couldn't tell you what happened in the Buffy pilots. But you definitely will remember this one? This show is complete in and of itself. Okay. Um, and I mean that both in an episode and as a series. I think this series, not, not in a storyline fashion, you know, mm-hmm. beginning, middle, end, there's obviously some hints at that. Um, some hints at the, you know, we've got a beginning and we've got some story to be told. I've got, I've got a crazy hunch about this, though. I've got a feeling this is going to morph. I, I think it's going to start here and it's going to go someplace very different. If, if, Previous shows are any indicator. I think Joss is going to speed that up in this case. That perhaps, you know, what's like the first line? All is not as it seems, right? Was that the first line? I think so. Cause, and then it's definitely something the chick says. Yeah. So I'm thinking there are some, some surprises in store. I think, you know, judging it purely by this structure is not any indication of where he might be going with the Which show. You, you, I mean, you can say Which that is for exciting. Show. You can say that for any show, really. Uh, yeah. There are, there are a few shows... Most shows, though, keep... Particularly sci-fi shows that change the way they do things over the course of their lifetime. But Josh's I think, shows I shown think even over the course of this season, like, I think he, he might make it very dynamic. There might case. be some of that. Um, and I don't know if that is necessarily Joss's choice. That may be a, a Fox choice, mm-hmm. a, an executive choice, in that a lot of a lot of Joss's stories develop naturally over an extended period of time. However, yes, he can rush, but as we saw, Serenity yeah. could could easily have been season two of Firefly. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and apparently when he first wrote, he wrote the first draft of Serenity, it was season two of Firefly. Like, he, he sat down and read it. It was over 100 pages long. And he goes, this is just season two of Firefly. I can't do that. Yeah. And so he, he, he re, redid it um, apparently immensely. I, I wish I could see that script because yeah. it would be fun. But it's one of those where the show will have a chance to grow. And it may be force-fed. It may be made to grow quicker. Uh, but we'll see what happens. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited, too. And the thing is, I'm excited not because it's a Joss show. This is, this is a show, I feel, that will live or sink on its own merits and not on Joss's name. All right. Well, Kevin has spoken, which means it's the final word here on Bad Philosophy. Bad chance. Thank you for listening to this weekly Why. We'll see you next time.
Madphilosophy.com. All the planets in space flushed into my butt. <laughs>